the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 410 for Sunday, July 29th, 2012. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your questions, you send in your tips, you send in some cool stuff found, we provide some answers. We share your tips. We share your cool stuff found with our own. And together, we all learn a lot new about the Mac and other fun Apple and tech products here back home in the studio in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. Wow. But I, I don't even know how I could compete with that. So here in Fairfield, Connecticut, John F. Braun. Just doing the show. Yeah. I'm very glad to see Dave back. And then I'm sorry. Throwing the baton or whatever you'd Ouch. like me to throw at you, <laughs> you guys up there, back up there in New Hampshire. Which way you throw that thing? Violet Pete here. Thanks for having me in, guys. Oh, it's it's glad. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah. I, I have to say, I, I was really happy. I, I mentioned in the last show that I had completely like revamped my mobile recording setup. Uh, it was still on the air, of course, still with the um, the original Yeti Pro uh, or the original Yeti. Uh, microphone from from blue but i completely revamped the way it all worked in audio hijack the sound for me was better i think the sound for you was better by and large and uh and it sounded um and it felt great so it was it, it was you know i'm glad to be back in the studio but i was really excited to do the show from the mobile rig last time so good Everything good? Pete's trying to show me oh, something well, here. No, I, I was going to show you when you handed something off to John. I was going to show you. It looks like there's a problem in the uh, chat room. There's some a number of servers and Max IP, and there's a warning up there. Huh? It says, um, warning, you've connected the maximum number of permitted clients from one IP address. If you connect any more, your host will be banned from the network. Wow. What's going on? Who's talking? Why? Why are you telling me this? I was, you, I was going to show you when you passed it off to John. I wasn't going to okay. interrupt the show. So, <laughs> uh, no. You know what the problem is? You and I are getting that, Pete. Because uh, so Pete's talking about the chat room, and he's yeah, he's gotcha. uh, he he's he's conveniently forgetting that. Of course, there's you know tens of thousands of people that are going to hear this that room. aren't in the chat room. That's right. That's why I tried to be quiet about yeah, it. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> <Sorry>. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's saying that uh, it's. It, it, the chat room's telling us that we have too many people connected from our IP here, Pete. That makes sense. And it's probably because uh, potentially uh, my wife is connecting, but certainly you and I are connecting here. Yeah. So um, so maybe I'll get thrown out of our own chat room. Of course, Pete's talking about MacGeekUp.com slash stream, which is where uh, the uh, the live show is, or this show is streamed when it's recorded. But, uh, but of course, if you're listening to this and not in the chat room, then... Uh, after the fact, then none of this matters to you, except it's a good reminder to come into the chat room. But with that, let's uh, let's get this show on the road, as they say. Now for the real show. And now, now for the real show. Who are they? That's who right. They? Uh, the people that build roads this? and bridges. That's who they is. Ken <laughs> writes, how do I tell whether I've successfully booted into safe mode? I've been holding down the shift key until I'm blue in the face, but I don't see any indication that I've entered safe mode and all my startup items seem to have started up contrary to my understanding of safe mode. I've no idea how to look in console or similar to query the system trying to go into safe mode to do some cloning, which has failed several times before even 
several times before, even though I've replaced the drive that SuperDuper said was causing the problem. Also failed in an effort to move my iTunes library. So I figured going safe might do it. Uh, okay, so it, it uh, there's, a, of course, a knowledge base article because that's how everything works in our world. But uh, but. When you boot into safe mode, two things will happen. Number one, you will be presented with your login screen even if you have it set to auto log you in safe mode will not auto log you in. And at that login screen, you will see above your usernames. I believe it's still above your usernames, even though we're, uh, you know, moving into mountain lion here. You will actually see it say safe boot right there. But uh, you said you've been holding down the shift key. That is the right thing to do, except some, especially third party. But these, even sometimes with Apple uh, Bluetooth keyboards, that does not work. Sometimes you need to plug a USB keyboard in in order for your machine to make it to safe mode. So that's the, that could be your problem, Ken. But but it is very obvious when you get there. You get the login screen uh, and it says safe boot right above it. So there's no question that you are uh, up in safe mode. And then, yes, when you log in, only a very limited set of Apple specified drivers will load and then everything else is is omitted. Anything really? to add there, my friend? Of course. Go. So number one, if, if I recall last time I did this, the, the letters that indicated that you were in, in said safe mode came up, I believe in red briefly on the, uh, somewhere on the login screen, right? I haven't tried it lately because I, I've, I think it's red. Um, I'm honestly not, not sure. At, at one point yeah. in time, I think it did that, but, but of course I don't know because I just upgraded my MacBook pro to, uh, the latest thing, so don't know this, and we'll talk about it shortly. The other thing I want to point to, Dave, is that there is another knowledge base article called HT1564, which means nothing to me, but the title of it is Mac OS X, What is Safe Boot and Safe Mode? And just to remind people, probably the reason that you want to be doing a safe boot or safe mode, uh, I think you touched on this, Dave, but the one thing that it does do is it only loads, I guess, Apple authorized or Apple certified uh, kernel extension. So if you start having problems with your computer and you think it may be related to hardware or a kernel extension, which could also be related to software, uh, who knows? You know, it's software. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this you, mysterious you write software. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but uh, again, why would you want to get in a safe mode? I just don't want people to be... For the for people who are just listening for the first time and said, what is safe mode, John and Dave? What, what are you talking about? This is a mode you can put your computer into if you believe there are problems with certain parts of the system or you, or you want to boot up in a minimal configuration to see if anything you've added since you've uh, created your computer uh, is causing problems. Probably the yeah. best way. I can yeah, yeah, it's good. No, it's it, and yeah, it, it's also really handy if you if you believe your user account is corrupted, and uh, you've got auto login set, but you you but you need to log into a different account. Logging into safe mode will allow you because it forces the login screen. It will allow you to go in a different way. So, ooh, that's good. Good right? point. I know. That's why I, I mentioned think so. It. Because actually, no, you'll be. That's a good point because I I actually set my portables login to be automatic. Right. Because I'm doing benchmarks and, and stuff like that with the drive I'm testing. So I don't need to log in, but that is a good. <laughs> yeah. No, you bring up a good scenario. I don't, I don't, I'm sure you've run into this, but where you start booting and then everything crashes violently and you're like, yeah. 
How can yeah. I get around this it little happens. problem? All right. Uh, so we've got a, we've got a couple more quick questions to go through, actually several more. And then we're going to dive into to Mountain Lion here. But uh, but I figured we'd get through some of your questions and then uh, and then we'll go into Mountain Lion. So uh, with that, Mark asks, my daughter's friend's MacBook Pro 15 inch pre unibody needs a new logic board. Uh, I believe in the past you've discussed, but it's been a while how to get flat rate repair for this machine. Uh, the trick to flat rate repair and, and what flat rate repair is, is Apple offers this um, as a typically a much cheaper option than buying individual parts or buying uh, uh, individual service on individual items. It is an overall repair. It essentially buys you Apple care for your current repair. And then you get a 90 day warranty on whatever that repair was. So in the case of a logic board, uh, that would be a fantastic thing. It's like Apple care, though. You can't buy flat rate repair if you've poured water on your machine or if you've hit it with a sledgehammer. It has to be just kind of a normal wear and tear. And it just, you know, had a problem. So. Assuming that you fall into or the machine falls into that uh, that category or apparently falls into that category, because if it's wet and well, no, it's important to note if it's wet or you've done something wrong, but there's no evidence of that and you don't tell them that this is the one instance where maybe I'm not saying to be dishonest with Apple for the most part, being very honest, in fact, being over uh, truthful with them is very, very handy. But uh but in this instance, it, you know, it, it's actually helpful to reserve perhaps some of the information that's not relevant to them. Well, to that, that was them, my thought exactly. To help them that, make that, the decision for flat rate repair. And, 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 it, and just quick before I pass it to you, John, it's for a laptop. I think it's like 350 bucks. So it's not cheap, but it's cheaper than the 900 bucks that a new logic board would cost you. So it, it's worth asking about. And they'll tell you what, you know, if it's if it's something you can do or not. So go ahead, John. I was just going to say that we're probably veering a bit off into a non-geek area here, but ethics, and I was thinking about this when you said this, is you probably don't want to offer information, but you do, you should not make a false statement. Could, so you I could say, well, my, my computer's not quite, my, my computer's not working right. Now, if they said, did you pour a pitcher of water into it, and you did, then you should say yes. But if you didn't, then you could say Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, let me add something there. Uh, I had a machine I uh, essentially bought from my uh, my niece that uh, had some water damage to it. And uh, I called him up. I said, you know, at first I thought I had repaired it and I had got it and running. And then all of a sudden it just died. It wouldn't boot at all. And I called him and I asked for the flat rate repair. And I told him I thought the machine had gotten wet. And they were like, yeah, OK, send it in. And if it's, you know, if it's obviously a lot of water damage, then this isn't going to cover it and we're going to charge you more to fix it. And they sent back the machine good as new about uh, four days later for I think it was 350. So it was just a matter of being honest and telling them what I thought was wrong with the machine and would they uh, fix it for flat rate repair. Yeah. And, and it is something you do great. need to ask for, uh, for sure. Uh, they don't always offer it um, often because they just don't think about it. All right. Uh, who is playing the chat room in the background? I hear one of you. I'm muted. I think it's you. I don't think it is. All right. 
Oh, it is it's me. You. Oh, it's my fault. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my right, gosh. Go. Well, see, I have to connect with another computer yeah. because Pete's chewing up my IP. You're having an off anyway, night. It Dave. is. I know. I told you it felt like a weird night. Well, okay. Get another warning. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't have another. Oh, yeah, maybe you do. All right. Well, whatever. We'll just keep going here. Uh, let's see. We will move on to Steve in our stream of questions here. And Steve writes. My Mac Mini running Snow Leopard server is running as if it is in super slow motion. If I click on any app to run, it will take 10 times longer than normal to open. Remotely logging into the machine will often time out. It did pass Drive Genius tests on the hard drive when hooked up to an iMac in, by target disk mode. So I decided to try to clone the hard drive in case it is failing. But please notice how long it is taking to clone. And he sent a screenshot in and it, it's t- going to take days. The external drive is hooked up by USB. I checked the bus, but it says high speed. I believe it's all USB 2, which should be fine. Uh, what could be causing this overall slowness while the hard drive appears to be still spinning? I checked activity monitor and there's nothing using a lot of CPU. The hard drive has 40 gigs of free space. Um, this sounds like a problem, an IO problem. Uh, and my guess is if launching apps is taking a long time as well as cloning the drive, my guess is that the internal drive, not the USB drive that you're cloning to, but the internal drive is uh, is failing. And and it may not be failing in a way that it's uh, that Drive Genius would would see potentially. But, uh, you know, that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, John, what do you think about this one? I think a lot of things. So. The question is, is a drive failing? And I'm going to tell you how you can tell if this is happening. This is not obvious. The one sign, of course, is that everything <laughs> slows to a crawl. But nobody's telling you there's a problem. So there's, there's a few things you could do. So one is uh, something that I like, a uh, smart reporter, or just smart in general. So smart is a mechanism where a drive may be able to tell you what is wrong with it including problems like this that it won't necessarily explicitly tell you about. Um, so Smart Reporter or, or just any program that can read the smart status, including what comes with Mac OS X, can do that. Um, now, the other thing is, for example, ProSoft makes a nice thing called um, Drive Pulse uh, in Drive Genius, which is another thing that can probe the drive here. So that's uh, another suggestion. And another one is, Dave, you and I have seen this in the past on occasion, is that if you do have a low-level problem, so to me it sounds like it could be a problem where maybe the drive itself, where a smart program actually will tell you this because there, there's a parameter in the drive called... Um, well, the thing is the drive itself does a checksum. So the drive takes the data, it writes... Another block of data describing that, and if they don't match it, then the drive gets upset about that. And the drive may not report that, but Smart Reporter or other utilities will. It, but it sounds to me like it's not so much a data, an eventual data integrity issue, but mm. it's just a, right. a well, because the, because the apps launch and the clone works, right? But it's, it's just per, perhaps the drive, the mechanism is spinning too slowly, right? I mean, you know, we can't trust Smart to always report hardware problems with the drive. Oh no, it, 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 it trusts the drive to kind of self-diagnose. Exactly. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, or, or maybe it is damaged, but it's reading and then correcting itself because it's doing, you know, uh, many retries and for whatever reason, smart's not reporting that, but it sounds, sounds like the drive or the controller inside the Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course the only way to test that would be to take the drive out, put it in a different housing and, you know, and go from there. 
Ah, good right? suggestion. Yeah. Or, you know, when a piece of hardware is not working quite right, a hammer is Get a good a tool to, yeah. to fix things in your house that aren't working right. I'm not saying you should use a hammer on a hard drive. I think, I I think you just did. Or twice. <laughs> I think when all else has failed, I think I've tried it. Another one that some people, and it's almost a folktale, but well, no, for some people it may work. Uh, put it in a freezer. Hey, if all else is lost, why not? Yeah, that I've done the I've done the oven thing, but that's that's just to get it to that's to get it to spin up. Yeah, you bake yeah. it at about three hundred <laughs> degrees for for maybe twenty minutes to loosen up the oil on it. Okay, yeah. we got to get the lawyers in here. We are oh, certainly boy. not recommending that you put your hard drive in an oven. But if you do, a freezer, use pot, I think is use potholders to take it out. <laughs> now, seriously, I've I've done that and and gotten a drive to spin back up because the the grease on it, you know, or whatever the the lubrication on the platters. So, and if you don't have oh, it sure. backed up, go get. Like spin right or something like that. To right. Right. Get that dad off of there. Right. Right. Uh, all right. Wow. So we got, we got to the cooking portion. You're going to, you're going to go to rich there, my friend. Uh, let me get rich. In my <laughs> list I'd like to get of... rich. Oh, Quickly. The, the get rich, rich quick. John. Please do it. That's get right. Rich quick. Oh, do you want me to read rich? Can I? All right. Put, here he is. No, I got okay. I, uh, Is this him? Everything okay over there, John? Ah, here we go. No, I got him. Yes. Rich writes many episodes ago. Is that the right one? I think that's the right one. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the right one. All right. Many episodes ago, you mentioned a remote desktop service where one person would log into a website. Once logged in, they provide an email address for the person who I would want to connect to. The server then sends the email, and when they click on the mail, email and accept the link, the connection will be made. I need something like this, and I don't think I need to read the rest because I think we get it. So, yeah, go. What is Rich looking for? Rich is looking for, and, and this is a, a challenge that I was presented a while ago by, by a colleague who consults the people who um, typically may, may not be advanced users, people that really need the, the, the fewer steps better right and so i look for a solution here because sometimes and and some people may call this zero configuration the thing is you want to have a solution or the the problem was presented to me i want a solution where the person could take go to a website download something start it up and then be able for someone to come into the computer and administer it uh and i found this so so the answer uh the the quick answer to rich and, and dave you know we can toss around here because there are different programs that let you do this but the one that I got, and uh, I'm going to bring up their website so I can we're talk. Wait, we're waiting on the punchline. Ah, Team Viewer. <laughs> team Viewer. So T E A M V I E W E R is the so- is one piece of software I would recommend for this. So, and the thing is, when you go to their site, you will see a number of uh, categories here, remote control. But I think the most important part is that when you download it, they will have, I guess, what they call a, uh, a light version or a, a quick version. When you download it, that basically makes it so the person that you want to control can download something, start it up, and then... Uh, do do they even part? need to download? I thought uh, in order to... I thought one person uh, had to download something with team viewer, but the, the other person whose computer is being controlled could just go to a website and do it. Cause that, that's how, you, you know, you can do that with um, 
with like you um, know the the I, I haven't tried that version. So so the two things that you want to download. So one person has download. So if you go to their site, then you go to Mac, and then you go to downloads. You will see, and there are two versions. So one is the full version. The other one, which is the one that you typically want to use if you want to control somebody remotely, and it's called. And it says right here in the description, so additional downloads, they have another category, and it says for the instant customer, team viewer quick support is what they call this. Yeah. It's basically something where you download it, it starts up, it connects to their, uh, I think it prompts you to create an account, or it may not even do that because it's a, it's kind of a one-off thing. Right. And then what happens is it, it connects to their the, the team viewer server, and then it prints up uh, a couple of, uh, a username and password. And the thing is, the software that the other person runs also connects to the server. So here, the thing is, you got to trust that team viewers, a bunch of good guys, and they're not going to be, you know, messing around with this. Basically, when two people connect to that server, they both know about each other, and one person can present basically a username and password, if we, which if anybody else who's connected to this server knows it, then they can log into your computer or at least remote, remote control it. Cool. Um. And I think TeamViewer, to do this at least, is free. Is that right, John? It is free for um, individual use, yep. for business use. Then then you may want to, yeah, they, they may want to have a chat. Cool. All right. So two others that I will throw out there. One is LogMeIn, uh, which has uh, both free and paid solutions um, and 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 actually works very, very well. I've used that. Uh, it's cross platform, just like TeamViewer is and uh, and and works very well. Uh, and then the other one uh, is one that we mentioned uh, a while ago on the show, which is uh, Citrix is go to assist, which is not free. Uh, I believe I believe they have a trial. I don't know, uh, but, but we'll put links in the in the show notes about that. So. All right. A uh, couple more quick ones that I think we can blast through here before we dive into the the new cat on the block here tony writes i've been frustrated with something in mail for a while i thought i would write you about when i'm searching for something if the query includes something that refers to a message i composed i get long lists of drafts of those messages saved every 30 seconds or so during the process i don't see any settings for controlling this behavior which is not in itself problematic. What is, is that all these drafts are dumped into the trash. I assume when the message is message is sent, but are still showing up on my query, even though I have deselected that option in preferences. Do I need to reset mail or are there other settings I'm not seeing? I never remember this behavior in the past. Perhaps it is due to something in my Gmail settings. And as soon as Tony mentioned Gmail here, the bell went off Gmail. Uh, so mail has this option. Where you can, if you go into uh, in Apple Mail, go to the mail menu, go to preferences, go to accounts and pick your mail account. In this case, Tony's Gmail account or your Gmail account, uh, and then go to the mailbox behaviors tab. You'll see the very top option says store draft messages on the server. And that sounds like a great thing to do because IMAP, the whole way it works is you get to sync up and you could see your drafts from multiple machines, just like you see your inbox from multiple machines. And it's all the same. The problem is Apple Mail and Gmail cannot agree on the right way to manage these drafts. And the result is exactly what Tony is seeing, where you just get multiple drafts of messages that you've sent. They are no longer in draft mode. They're potentially I mean, it could be in draft mode, but but it will leave remnants there. Uh, like, like Tony said, you know, saved, you know, once or twice a minute and it's a big pain in the neck. So you, the, 
the solution here is you have to uncheck that box. Yes, that means that you can't uh, share drafts across computers this way, but it, it there, there's there's no other option unless you just want a, a mess of a drafts mailbox. So so uh, so there you go. You got to You got to Really? Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just the way it is. I think Bruce. Because I've had that on that, and I've right? noticed on occasion and actually with the new mail, which we'll talk about, but even the old mail did this is that I would see a drafts folder and sometimes I would see one or two messages, I just figured it was a problem with the implementation or maybe a good thing. And again, it was a earlier version of something I was writing. And even though after I sent it, it was still there. Maybe that could be useful. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, the expectation that we have is that drafts should go away once you've sent the final message, right? And yeah, and you shouldn't, it shouldn't save multiple iterations of the same draft. It it only, I've seen that too with mail. Maybe maybe it's It's a, a Gmail. Oh, it's Gmail's problem. Well, yeah, it's a, it's the problem between mail and Gmail. They they cannot right. agree on the right way to do this. Yeah. So mail keeps saving and they appear as separate messages or updates in a Gmail. No, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then you just got to turn it off. So, so we got to shake our fist at Gmail. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Or we could okay. shake our fist at Apple. I don't know whose fault it is. I'm going to presume that other mail clients do this properly. Again, they may have built a workaround for something that's funky with Gmail or Apple mail could have something wrong in it in the way that it deals with IMAP. And, mm. uh, you know, I, who knows? The reality is that it's that way and it hasn't been fixed. And yes, I've, and I'm, I'm assuming others, but I've certainly reported it to Apple via their radar bug reporter. Okay. I like blaming Google, though. It's just. Yeah, well, it seems to be the, the way, the, the way of things. Small, so. well, at least last couple of weeks or months. Right. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's right. Uh, OK, uh, quick one from Brad. He says, when I was running Snow Leopard on my MacBook Pro, I used to have a thumb drive that I made bootable and added a bunch of diagnostic and repair to repair tools on it. It whoa, was whoa, whoa. a nice tool to have. But now that I'm running Lion. And have my drive encrypted. Is there a way to make this same type of tool and have access to the encrypted drives data and do repairs on it as an option? I figured I could boot in target disk mode from another lion based Mac possibly, but either way, I don't have a second Mac to do this with regardless. Any ideas? Yeah. So um, the, the, the reality is that as long as you are running lion or later, it can decrypt an encrypted disk as long as you have your uh, disk encryption key. So uh, as long as you know that, then yes, you can um, decrypt the disk with, you know, with a boot disk or, or, uh, you know, a USB thumb drive disk or, or whatever you'd like. So yes, it's totally possible. Any, any, uh, anything to add there, John? Nope. All right. Uh, Let's see. All right. You want to, uh, you want to do Matthew? Are you, are you ready for that? (laughs) <laughs> pull the pin on the grenade and toss it over <laughs> that's what i did well that's why i'm looking for the grenade right now hold on just Doesn't don't throw it back john the fuse is getting short uh no that's not the right one i no, i don't ha- all right How can you do this to me yeah imagine with the with the, what with the agenda and everything, Matthew writes. Oh, uh, I have a question regarding my tw- my IMAX twenty seven inch fan, and really, what he means is his twenty seven inch IMAX fan. Uh, after I leave the Mac on for a few days, the hard drive fan is going crazy at forty seven hundred RPM. 
I will have to do a restart each time to fix it. I've heard that I need to do a reset by unplugging my Mac's main power. I tried that and it still didn't fix it. Can you help? So uh, I, I will pass this to you quickly, John. But uh, but my right. my first thought is that uh, simply unplugging the iMac and plugging it back in is not enough to fix this. But there are two things that I've done uh, that I've seen have fixed this. And, and, and this is, in a general sense, something very uh, important to remember. And that is resetting the SMC and resetting the PRAM often fix things that look like hardware problems. Uh, so, you know. Bear that in mind. And that's that's those are the first two things I would do, probably in that order. But I would do them both I, I, unless you really want to know which fixed it. Uh, otherwise, just do them both. Uh, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Resetting the SMC is a little bit of a funky process. Uh, resetting the PRAM well, is also funky, but it's consistent across all Macs. You just hold down command option P and R for P and RAM. Papa Romeo and uh, wait until your Mac reboots. Uh, you'll hear the startup chime. Keep holding it down. You'll hear the startup chime again. That's enough. Some people feel like you need to hear the startup chime three times because that's their religion and no, that's okay. Old wives tale. And you have to stick your tongue out between your left. Uh, that's right. The IT and thing. click your heels three times <laughs> right. and you'll be back that's in right. Kansas. That's right. I think on the iMac uh, that SMC is holding down the power button with it unplugged. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I bet you're right on that. Seemed to. Yeah, so some are like that. like that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them involve unplugging and holding down something. Yeah. Yes, I think the, I think the hard one to do it. is obviously the laptops with the built-in batteries. Uh, resetting the SMC is a little more tricky there. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, it's uh, it can be done. It's it, of course, yeah, yeah. Just follow, just take a look at the instructions because it's it's different for every Mac right. and and different on different models and and all of that good stuff. So. And the specific part of this article that talks about this, which is HT thirty nine sixty is that there's a line here saying oh here's some of the things that this could solve and the one line here which i like dave is important is fans the computer's fans run at high speed although the computer is not experiencing heavy usage and is properly ventilated that's actually an important point here yeah we're going to touch on it here so heavy usage how do you tell if you have heavy usage well you may not know this if you're just listening to this. So one is that your processor could be running uh, at a high rate. How do you know this? Well, you would know this if you were running something like iStat menus, which both I do and you do, and uh, I think Pete does. Or something similar, menu meters, uh, I think still works, though I haven't used it lately. Um, or go to activity monitor. And if you see that your, your processor utilization total is like over 100%, <laughs> <laughs> then you have a problem. Yeah. But, um, all right. So uh, if we're good there, let's uh, let, let's let's dive into Mountain Lion here. So uh, and we'll do that with with Jim's question, because it's a oh. it's a great way to start. Um, Jim asks in preparation for I, I believe we've both done Mountain Lion installs. Right, John, you, you've you've done oh. yours. And, OK, yeah. I'll, I I'll tell you about it. All right. Good. So Jim asks in preparation for installing mountain Lion, I was booting up all my backup hard drives to make sure they were functional. Uh, most of them were fine. However, the one I back up to daily is a partitioned drive home, which I have one clone backup partition using carbon copy cloner and one partition with time machine. This particular hard drive is set to back up the clone partition every night. When I tried to boot up from this clone partition, I had the same experience that pilot Pete had. 
That is, after logging in, the hard drive began downloading all my files to the desktop. Somewhat terrifying. Uh, I had to power down the computer and then restart with the internal hard drive and everything was restored. I'm concerned that my daily backup is useless unless there's a solution for this. Is it related to the fact that I have time machine on another partition on the hard drive? So let's answer that first and then go on to the second part of his question, which will dive us into mountain lion. So Pete, what did you do to, to get around that? Do you remember? Um, as, as I recall, that was a, uh, a carbonate issue that I was trying to restore from carbonate. Um, and, uh, basically I just, I had to trash that option. So, uh, so nothing special there. Um, this is, uh, one of those times where I can say, uh, it's best to have multiple layers of, uh, of backups, uh, I wish I yeah. had a better answer. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I have a network drive that's, uh, I use super duper. I clone a network drive and then I have a little USB drive uh, and then I have carbonite and I use Dropbox pro. And, One but. thing I would recommend uh, just in a general sense with clones is make sure your cloned drive is named something different. Oh yeah. From, yeah. from your, yeah. from your boot, you know, it, your name. You, you, in fact, you want to make sure you have no drives that will ever be simultaneously connected to the same Mac that are named the same. Uh, it's possible. And the Mac will actually deal with it for the most part. It'll deal with it quite well behind the scenes, but you won't necessarily know which drive is which. So so it's good to to make sure you, you know, just name them something different. Yeah, don't you name yours after songs or something like that? I, na- I do. I name them after Miles Davis songs. Yeah. See, I use, I use aircraft. Easy. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, yeah. uh, so my Harrier is my uh, hard drive and there Harrier 2 is my clone drive. So but just just enough you, difference to go, OK, that's something. where I want it to be. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 And actually, um, that's an interesting thing because you could run into a problem, Pete. Let's let, okay. let let me let me explain why you don't want to just take a name and add a, a one or a two or a three well, to I the have end I, of it. I, but okay. Oh, okay. But, well, yeah. that's actually quite different. Okay. I, because what the Mac does. Oh yeah. If it right. sees an, if if in fact you did have two drives named Harrier, uh, behind the scenes when a, when the Mac mounts a drive, it actually puts a little pointer to it for lack of a more technical term in the slash volumes folder. And you can take a look at this in the finder. You can say, go to folder slash volumes, or you can do it in the terminal, however you prefer to get there, but you will see pointers for each of your drives. And in fact, if you do it in the finder and you double click on them, it'll bring you to that drive. And there's one for your boot drive too, uh, just to keep things clean. But if the Mac for whatever reason doesn't, uh, when you, when you eject a drive, it removes that pointer uh, from the vo- the volumes folder, or at least it should. But sometimes you get a remnant left over and there's a name in there. Like in your case, you know, it could have volume slash volume slash Harrier left out there and it's, it's not mapped to any drive. So when you plug that Harrier drive in again, it says, Hey, uh, I have to go create an entry in slash volumes and it goes to do that. But then oh, look, it's already here. It's already here. So for its reference, it just puts Harrier space one, and if it sees Harrier and Harrier space one, then it would create Harrier space two. So that's where you, you don't want to have drives that end in numbers, especially in, in that exact way, because it can yeah. it can get very confused. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's just a just a, you know, a good thing to know. Anyway, um, you got anything on that one, John, or, or should I dive into the second half of Jim's question here? <laughs> I think we're going a bit too far back here. OK. Go. All right. Good. Uh, Proceed. He says, I will be installing Mountain Lion over Snow Leopard. Should I boot up from a backup drive and then erase the internal hard drive on the computer and then install the new system on a clean drive and then 
should I use migration assistant to migrate my data back, uh, my data and applications back from the hard drive? Okay, so that is exactly what you should do. Uh, what? Now, well, yeah, I think it because it's the safest way. You're going to start with a clean install of Mountain Lion. You're you're not upgrading on top. It is mm-hmm. the right advice, I, I think. Well, now, however, the Mountain Lion, especially probably because the I'm, I'm, I'm just, Lion was a goat rope. But here's <laughs> what I did. Uh, I've only upgraded my air. I was traveling <laughs> last week. Mountain Lion came out on Wednesday. I had no backups with me whatsoever. I hadn't been doing anything uh, with in, in terms of backing up other than Sugar Sync and, and Dropbox and, you know, that sort of thing. But I had certainly had no clone with me. And in fact, only had another Mac over at the house uh, that belonged to my uh, father-in-law's wife. Uh and certainly I could have used that, but it was an older air. So it would have been a, a big goat rodeo as, as Pete said. Um, but anyway, I just took it from the app store and installed it right on top. And it worked for the most part. Fine. I had, I wound up with a corrupt sync services database, which is nice. I don't, I can't, I can't decide and I'll never know whether it was the fault of mountain lion uh, the upgrade, the fault of a busy Cal upgrade or something that was simply corrupted for a long time. And the combination of those two upgrades, you know, sort of brought it to the surface. But I, it actually was quite scary. I won't go too deep into it, but it it renamed it deleted some of my Gmail calendars and pulled them local to my Mac. Mm. And it renamed other Gmail or Google calendars, I should say. It renamed them, but left the sharing the same. So it actually published the wrong data to the wrong people. And I'm glad I noticed it. There was nothing overly sensitive that would have, you know, blown anybody's mind or anything, but you know, that's, it, that's, you that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but anyway, so oh. that, yeah, but I, again, I, I, you know, other than that, it, uh, it worked fine. The, the one thing that I will point out, and we'll, we're going to go through a lot of this. So now I'm jumping around with lion, uh, mountain lion, but, uh, and actually lion too, When you upgrade to Safari 6, this is a warning to everyone, especially those of you that use a password manager like LastPass or 1Password or anything like that. You have probably gone into Safari and turned off autofill, right? And this is uh, so that it doesn't autofill passwords from Safari. uh, And you do this in Safari preferences. I believe it's in autofill. Thank you. Yep. And uh, and then you're going to un- you've probably unchecked the second one, which is usernames and passwords. Well, the upgrade uh, and this has happened on multiple machines for me. The turns upgrade it turns it back on either to Mountain Lion or just doing the Lion upgrade to Safari 6. It turns this back on. So um, I thought it was interesting that the two problems I had, John, involved sharing my data <laughs> with other people in a way that I had previously decided not to do. But, uh, but anyway, that's, that's, that's my little helpful hint, at least the first one. So what did you do to upgrade John? What did I do? You ask. So what I did is I took my MacBook pro early 2008. Yep. Which is, if it were a MacBook, I'd be SOL. (laughs) That's sure out of luck folks. That's what I tell my kids. No, that's sorry out of luck. Sorry. Sure out of luck. Out of luck. Yeah, there you go. But certainly not beep out of luck. That's right. Which you beep starts with a P. (laughs) (laughs) And you beep PL. And it ends with an S. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing was, so the first thing I did was, uh, so, and and actually we'll we'll link to it because I thought it was interesting because it came up when when we were uh, 
chatting during a Mac roundtable, but the window, the one thing I find interesting, Dave, is the window of machines that can work with the latest OS. Um, it's kind of weird in that if you have a MacBook Pro, you get a little more leeway. If you have a MacBook, you don't. I, I think a lot of us agreed that the, the big cutoff is, do you have a 64-bit processor, which I think they're pretty much enforcing now. Right, right. Well, I think uh, they did that before. I, I don't know it's, if they... It's a, it's a graphics chipset. Um, limitation oh, okay. too. Yeah, you've got to have off the top of my head. I don't remember, but that there is there is now a it, yes. You need the sixty four bit processor, but you also need a graphics chipset of minimum stature, uh, so that Apple's got drivers for it in Mountain Line. Wow, that almost sounds like Vista. So maybe Apple learned from Microsoft's mistake. I got to say, guys, the, the, my experience or the number of people I talked to that said Vista, I get it, but I need too, too much graphics oomph, to upgrade just for eye candy uh, was a big reason that people didn't like that. But no, so I uh, basically backed up my machine, Carbon Copy Cloner, to an external hard drive, downloaded it, applied it, and uh, everything for the most part was good. So the, the one thing that I'll, you know, hats off to Apple is that they do have a incompatible application detector kind of thing. And what they do is after you install it, and in my case, it identified three apps as being naughty in their eyes. Um, and it was pretty much my two virtual machines, which are VMware and uh, VirtualBox. And then uh, Snaps Pro 10 apparently has a minor uh, uh, incompatibility, which kind of disappoints me because they also had kind of a little hiccup when... Apple upgraded the OS for one of their audio apps. So it's, I love those guys. I mean, I love Hector. I love the whole staff there. Hector is their parrot who is their um, (laughs) mascot. But this is the second time that it it sounds like Ambrosia kind of got caught by surprise by something that Apple did. And I won't say it's easy because, you know, Apple may pull surprises in what they're doing in their, you know, the, 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 the guts of the OS, but Still, it kind of made me sad because I that's one of the first utilities I was using to take screen snapshots. And I tried to take one and I got a crash report and I'm like, oh, so other than that, I think everything is working. The only other thing, Dave, and you probably ran into this, too. I I think you made mention of this is that mail changed. And for the one now, the bad news is that a lot of times when mail updates or, or a major update is that all your mail plugins say, hey, something's wrong here. I don't know what's going on. And actually, even a minor note. Even a minor update to mail will do right. that. that. That's actually something Apple enforced because uh, they, they essentially make it so that the developer. Even if nothing programmatically needs to change, the developer needs to put in their their bundle code that, yes, this works specifically on that version of mail. And and it's so that people don't wind up with with you know, big problems with their mail uh, libraries. That's, that's why they did it, but it does cause right. pain every time we upgrade and the developer has to say, yeah, it works. Download this new installer, you know? Yeah. Well, the good news is uh, you and I got a note from the, uh, the, the developer of a uh, signature profiler from little known software basically right. saying, yep, I got it. And he does. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, that, I love that. that. That's that. one of the few plugins I have that, uh, but no, that that was me. I didn't even think of this. You know, I was being, I'll admit, kind of reckless in my upgrade here. I'm like, you know what? Let me download <laughs> it. Both were. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Well, the thing was in that I did a full backup with Carbon Copy Cloner to another drive. So I'm like, I'm fully confident if I screw anything up, I can go back. Right. Right. And so far, yeah, of course. Uh, and, and so far, I'm, I, I have no 
desire to do so. Nothing is broken so badly that I feel like going back to my old drive, which is like now a day old. And, you know, there's also, t- you know, time machine worked fine. It, almost everything worked as expected. And then you get the, the, you know, little, little goodies here. Like the first one, Dave, probably is uh, the uh, notification center, which is all of a sudden now the big deal in the upper right hand corner. Yeah. Yeah, I had to tame that down a bit on mine, but you know, that's, that's, but that's, no, but that's how I roll. I mean, it, it, you know, that, that's, that's not a bad thing. You're so. a fan of growl too. So, I, it, well, I'm a fan of having it notify me only for the when things I want to be notified. Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is yeah. the beauty of things like that. Yeah. I like notification center. Well, Pete, you know, Pete, I'm with you because I think that this is going to be a battle now. And this is one I, I don't think I'll enjoy. <laughs> I like Growl. I like what Growl does. And now Notification Center, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a big secret. It's kind of stepping in here and kicking Growl out of the way saying, sorry, dude. Yeah, it is. This is my turf now. Yeah, but. It's um, like, poor Growl. But though I know Growl, Growl, I think, it, 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 and from what I've read, I think the Growl, got, uh, the Growl team or guy is thinking about how to accept the fact that Apple has basically stepped all over you. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I and that they're saw, offering functionality that's pretty similar. And how do you coexist? And I think he, the, they have a plan to do that, but I think it's going to be difficult because I, I like Growl. The new thing is is kind of like it, but you know, I I've used Growl for so long, and I really like what it does that it, it seems kind of bad to me that all of a sudden something's coming along that's going to screw it up. Yeah, it happens. Uh, but I think I think I mean it's just how it, well it's just how <laughs> yes, it goes. It, it you know no, I know it's it, it, yeah. you know. Well, it's a natural progression. <laughs> right. Right. And it, well, listen, no, it's that, not it, just Apple that does it. It happens in any business. You, you know, you, I mean, it's just how it goes. Of course. Well, well somebody yeah. come along and basically adopt something that most people consider. Well, gee, that's kind of a natural thing to do. Like, right. Yeah. No, there, there were a couple of articles um, about that. Uh, in fact, CNET, which I think was, is the Mac fix it portion of CNET. But uh it, it put up a how-to of how to integrate Growl with Notification Center, so we will put that article in the show notes, and I will paste it to one of you guys so you can paste it into the chat room um, for them because I can't get it from one computer to the other right now. Long story. Oh, look at that. Um, and I just got a Growl notification about this. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's not awesome. uh, um, so didn't I. All right. So, yeah. So I like that. I like PowerNap. Uh, I was very excited to hear that my MacBook Air from 2011, so pretty much a year old. Um, so works, I don't get that. PowerNap. PowerNap. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool having it, you what know, is do it, things Matt? like. Tell like, me. Oh, no, it is. It's good. It, it's I, the one big problem I've had with my Air is that it doesn't spend a lot of time on an open uh, so time machine backups happen very infrequently on it because it's never on, you know, and, and awake long enough to, to complete a backup. Uh, so now with, with power nap and, and actually, you know, there's a, there's a firmware update that you would need to, to turn on power nap, but, but then you also have to go into energy saver and you can turn it on both for power adapter, which I believe yeah. is on by default. And uh, so you go into system preferences, energy saver, and then you can also turn it on for battery. Now it will do, uh, I think time machine, you know, I forget. I got to, I think time machine no, no. actually happens when Sorry, it's on battery up. too. Tell me, tell me what it is. Pretend I don't know what it is. Oh yeah. Power nap, uh, allows. Cause I don't. Is, yeah, no. Well, power nap I is, don't have it. 
And you do. <laughs> right. Power nap is Apple's name for uh, some stuff that they've built into both the hardware and the software with Mountain Lion, where your machine can do things while it is asleep. Um, and again, you would go into system preferences and turn this on. But uh, I'm pulling up the the how the not the the how to, but um, the knowledge base article so that we can. OK, uh, so I can some mention to you do that already as far as like being on the network, like like my mini and, and a lot of machines. Well, they're but in it's kind of sleep mode, but the, but they can appear. And I think it's it's an extension it, of that. Right. It can. Well, it's no, it's more than that. It will now do iCloud sure. syncing while your computer is asleep, which includes pulling down new mail. Now, I have not successfully seen it pull new mail for me, but I don't use iCloud mail. I use Gmail. So perhaps that's why or perhaps I've got something else going on. Uh, it will sync your contacts. It will sync your calendars. It will sync your reminders. It'll sync your notes. It'll sync your documents. It will sync photo stream. Uh, it will do Mac app store updates. It will do time machine backups. And this is all uh, on the battery. Everything I've, I've mentioned. Find my huh. Mac obviously works VPN on demand. So if you have a VPN set up to happen when you're checking your corporate mail or something, they say that'll work, which indicates to me that Gmail should also work in uh, in power nap. Again, it does not for me. Um, and uh, and then if you plug into an AC outlet, uh, it will also download software updates. Um, and uh, and they're saying this is interesting. They're saying it'll make backups with Time Machine. Then, too, it'll also do your spotlight reindexing and, and other things like that. So uh, it remains silent uh, when they when it does it, it. The fans don't come on. The sound doesn't. Even if you have new mail sound, it's not going to make sound. But it is doing this uh, in the background. And they say that it will not do it if you have less than 30 percent of your battery left. So it's not going to just run your battery down uh, going nuts. And I believe it only does a time machine backup once um, it will try. I think it said it would try every hour until it is able to successfully back up. And then it stops until you wake it up again. Uh, the presumption being that there's nothing that it can't you know, that, that you're going to lose other than other data, it's synced down. But of course, if it's synced down, it can sync that data down again. So it's not going to just back up every hour. It's going to back up once uh, during each sleep cycle. So I don't and, like it. You don't like it or you do? No. Why not? Yeah. It, it's like, what What if you had some evildoer, right? Some uh, Well, see, that's the thing. There's all, all, all no third, it, no I, third I party like, software. I don't, it's all sandboxed. It's, I don't. Right. I don't like all of this sneaking around behind my back to do stuff. Well, then turn it off. It's no problem. Or, or which don't. I will. When if you, I as soon as you get it, a machine that has it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's cool. Sneaky. I, I like the, the fact that it backs up now while it's asleep is awesome for me. Like I said, it, it, you know, it, it actually allows my air to be but backed up. Really? It's almost lying to you. Are, are you really asleep? If yeah. you're kind of, Futzing around in the background, sending data to and fro. I I don't know. I I don't like it. Uh, you know, you mentioned sandboxing, and that <laughs> brings up that brings up one thing I wanted to uh, re mention, and that is that um, as you're moving and upgrading to Mountain Lion, and this would be true even if you stay on Lion, uh, and as you're moving to apps that now are sandboxed. In the past, we have all gotten used to at least uh, from a troubleshooting standpoint, we've gotten used to going into the home folder, into the library folder and into preferences or application support to find those files. And in fact, 
if you're running a sandboxed app that you upgraded from a non-sandboxed version, you will go in and you might see a preference there in preferences and you might delete it. And it may be that nothing changes because now there's another place to look when it's sandboxed. You go to home library. Uh, sorry, home containers. I know it's yeah, it's home. Sorry, home library containers. And then you'll see the app ID, which would be something like, you know, com dot apple dot mail or, 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 you know, or com dot little known software dot signature profile or whatever, it, you know, whatever it's going to be. Uh, so you're at home containers, the app ID. And then in there, you've got yet or sorry, home library containers. I'm going to screw that up until I get it right. Home library containers, app ID. And then in there, you've got a whole nother library folder and documents folder and, you know, inside libraries, preferences and application support. It's a whole nother thing. So you got to remember to dig into home library containers um, for sandboxed apps. And it's going to take me a while to remember that when I'm troubleshooting. So perhaps now that I've said it, you know, six times here in the show, that might uh, that might at least help one of us, you or me. Got anything else to share there, my friend? Sandbox. I like sandboxes. It's good. Yeah. Don't let the cat in the sandbox. Hey, wait, it's mountain lion. You can. Yeah, you could. So what else about mountain? What uh, else have you uh, uh, with? There, so there's a couple of things I've found. And, and one of them is really cool. You mentioned or we mentioned time machine. You can now set multiple hard drives or, or destinations. It could be a hard drive or a NAS drive or, you, you know, another Mac shared hard drive. You can set multiple destinations simultaneously in the time machine pref pane. So yeah, if you go into, no you know, way. yeah, it's awesome. I stumbled onto this yesterday. We're going to write an article. It'll actually go up at TMO. I, I don't think it's going up today. I think it'll go up tomorrow, but um, yeah, if you go in and you go to, you know, system preferences, time machine, and you go to select disc, you'll see, it says backup discs at the top and then it'll list other available oh, discs. It sure does. Yep. And you can throw stuff up there and what it will do is it will alternate back and forth. So what that means is if they are both on, you know, if you've got two on your home network, then it will alternate back and forth. But if you've got one at work and one at home, you don't have to keep resetting. You don't have to keep uh, resetting. That's right. Genius. It, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that's a that was a, a very cool thing, um, you know, or, or as somebody saying in the in the chat room at MacGeekUp.com slash stream, it's uh, it's great if you're going to rotate this out because you can just put you know, the one you want on the network and it'll just find it and go to it and it'll ignore the fact that it doesn't see the other one. So, so that's one thing I liked. Um, there is no more. If you go into uh, system preferences, sharing, you will notice that web server is missing. The web server is still there, but it's the only way that Apple gives you a graphic interface for it is if you buy the, uh, the upgrade to mountain lion server. So that's that that UI is gone. Uh, but I, I actually stumbled onto something I was going to mention anyway, called MAMP, M-A-M-P, which is Mac, uh, uh, Apache, MySQL and PHP. And it's actually all stored in a nice little application bundle. If you need to test web stuff, MAMP is an awesome way to do it because it it allows you to do all this stuff without barfing stuff all over your system. It keeps it in the applications folder. It's M A M P and it, there's a free version and a, uh, and then a MAMP pro. Uh, so MAMP.info is the URL. So you can check that out. That's good stuff. You got anything else, John? I've got a couple things oh, I, can, I can mention, but more fun. 
All right, go. All right. So so let's see. Um, one thing I noticed here, Dave. Let's see notifications. So that's of course a new thing in here. Watch. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me back away from that. Hmm. No, let me talk about. Uh, all right, one minor thing. Yeah. Software go. update. You know. Ah, what? you took you took one off my list. Yeah, go. Software update. If you go to software update in the Apple menu, you know where it goes. It goes to the App Store. Yeah, that's right. In other news, <laughs> software update application is gone. Yeah, it's now part of the App Store. So, gee, what direction is Apple taking here? Well, I think it's great to put it all in one place because it. I actually would always forget to go to the App Store to update my App Store apps. So it's it's nice to consolidate it. I mean, you, you're doing updates there anyway, or should be now. So, well, you know, better not to have two apps. I think it's cool. And it's separated out. You get like a little thing at the top that says software update and then another thing. I like it. There's not, you yeah. know, I, I'm not finding myself hating Mountain Lion. Um, oh, no, no. It, you no, know, well, it's just well, an iteration. But to me, of also Lion. based on the pricing, and I think I could have gotten it free, but I, I paid the 20 bucks. Aren't you a registered Apple developer? Yeah. So I could, but hey, hey, dude. Oh, Twenty yeah, bucks. You, you get it. Three, 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 times are hard. The company's hurting. Throw Apple. Hey, you know I, 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 <laughs> Hey, that's right. And also, I'm a stockholder. So hey, that's right. It they fell short on their earnings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, they added nine billion okay, to their cash. Okay, they what they said they were going to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, which is the first time they've done that. Yeah. So that's why they got beat up. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. No, they got beat up because because <sighs> they didn't meet what Wall Street said they were going to do. Right. They didn't. Meet the expectations of people that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. My and humble I, opinion. Yeah, because no, analysts. No. no. So you have these people called analysts that are people that are are supposedly paid. Yeah. To analyze a company to predict how much stuff they can do quarter to quarter. Right. Right. But here's the thing. Apple has been sandbagging for, yes. you know, many, many quarters in a row. No, they provide that they're under uh, they're They're providing conservative estimates of their income and revenue. Overly yeah. conservative estimates. So everybody on Wall Street gets has gotten used to Apple providing overly blow conservative estimates and they know they're going to blow out their numbers. And the stock price has been inflated because of that. So now when when Apple, you know, comes out and doesn't totally blow the water out of their numbers, it's time to ratchet the stock price back because it was not supported in the, you know, in the in the earnings. It's it. I mean, it's it had to happen eventually. So that's that's my feeling on it. To me, it's all legalized gambling. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course it is. Right. Yes, yeah. your point. Way the broker gets the <laughs> fig. What else? So, uh, what I uh, one thing that really st- stuck out though was um so system preferences, security and privacy, privacy. So that section, it's kind of nice that that's kind of new. I don't know that I've if you been see there. the things that are there. Well, I'm, I'm going to security. Tell me what's there. Tell tell our listeners what's there, John. 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 He's gone. I think we lost him. We did. Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah. Contacts, diagnostics, and usage. Let's just keep going. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I will uh, pause this and see if I can get Mr. Braun back. Yeah. He says, uh-oh, in the chat room. <laughs> All yeah. right. And I believe we have Mr. Braun back. So, John, tell us about the uh, the privacy tab there in, uh, in system preferences. Or is well, it so private that Skype just totally blocked you out <laughs> from talking about it? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm kind of wondering about that myself. But anyway, so the, the one thing that I noticed here is now in security and privacy. So if you go to system preferences, um, personal security and privacy, the one thing that caught my attention here is that there's a privacy tab. And now what they have are different categories of services here that could have to do with your uh, privacy. Right. So location services. And you may have seen this before in, in that some browsers now you may see them saying, hey, I want to know where you're at, which to me, well, depending on why they ask you this, usually it's like, well, you want me to tell you, uh, you know, Mobiles. subway or, or, or a driving route from here to there. So tell me where you are. All right. That's cool. S- similar um, to iOS, actually, this, this, this reminds me. Actually. It, and isn't yeah. that funny that I think it's great. The Mac OS is becoming, well, uh, some people will shake their fist at you saying, oh my gosh, you're, you're making Mac OS, not Mac OS, it's iOS. And, uh, but no, it, it's good to bring the features. Um, yeah. Th- th- we think for the, the most part, most people would think of a phone as being a device more accustomed to asking where it is than a computer. But hey, you know, with a nice sexy MacBook Air, you know, which is almost, it's like a big eye device. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but they have these categories. So location services, contacts. And that was the funny thing. That, that was the one thing I noticed most when I rebooted my machine after installing. Um, Everything's asking for access to your contacts now. Yeah, which is right. good. It's that, yeah. I had some, yeah. it's that I had some apps all of a sudden say, by the way, and, and I have three apps here. They're like, can I access your contacts? Which the thing is now um, you may have missed it, but. It used to be called address book. Well, not anymore. Oh, it's right. called contacts. Yeah, yeah that's and a actually good thing just too. just to upset people even more. <sighs> you is. no longer have. You now have a new app called Notes, and you now have a new app called Reminders, which I think is great. It's similar, yeah, to what's to, in iOS. Well, to dos and and you don't have an, an app called iCal anymore. You have one called Calendar. Yeah, but if they, they fixed it. <laughs> Well, they took they took to do's out of it and okay. put them in reminders, oh, which okay. which is actually the right thing, I think. So you can manage them separately there. So and it's 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 UI consistent with the reminders app on uh, on right. iOS. So so that's so the privacy tab. They also have a Twitter tab, which as of yet, I haven't had any apps ask about this, though. I will talk about that in a moment. And then they have another category in privacy called diagnostics and usage. And by default, it are yeah, by default, it seems to take your old value, which is, as most of you know, crash reports are sent to Apple on occasion mm-hmm. in the background, which to me is a good thing. I don't know why you wouldn't want this, because as far as I can tell, they don't include any, you know, hypersensitive information. Yeah, just- they do include um, if you've got libraries loaded uh, or or yeah. background tasks loaded. So, you know, let's say you're you're, you know, some highfalutin developer that's working on some super secret app and you don't want I mean, it's, it sounds crazy. You don't, you don't want. Well, it's not maybe it's not that you don't want Apple to know, but you just don't want that, you know, the app's name or, or what it's doing to be included in anything while you're, you know, if it's sensitive. So so there is I can see that there is good reason to want to turn that off. Um, for certain people, or if you, I mean, it may be that, you know, you work for some three letter agency and they have decided that, you know, or even your company might say, no, look, we don't want you sharing data, um, willy nilly like this. So just turn it off. I mean, it, you know, there's, there's good reason not to have your computer blasting data out there randomly. Um, for some people, I, for me, it's fine. You know, it's great. I don't care, but right. Yeah, it's good. All right. Um, let's, 
let's go to, I think Steven had, uh, had, uh, was there a, there was something from Steven. I know. Oh, Steve. Oh yeah. We had a follow up from, are we good on mountain line for now? Mr. Braun. I, <laughs> I'm only using it for a day. Yeah. Well, obviously, this morning. I, I don't know about you. I got a quick so. stump the dummy question. If you guys think you can answer it, if not, it, it's in the search Doesn't and it? finder. When you go to type something in, it says name matches colon and then what you're typing in. And it used to say contains. I'd like to get back to contains because I, I can't always hit an exact match. Um, yeah, seems, but it, it's 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 not ex, it's not exact match. Oh, I believe okay. this behavior okay. is still the same. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's just taking some time for uh, Spotlight to rebuild because uh, it sure has been kludgy for a couple of days for me to get find files that I know are there. I have a you know I have a rough idea where they are and yeah. I'm able to locate them. No, it's definitely so, doing the same. It, okay. It's it's doing the contains type of find, but you're a very good catch, Pete. Yeah, it yeah. says it says uh, name matches. matches. Yeah. yeah, Pete, you should try. Uh, you may want to try the uh, mdutil space dash big e. Yeah. You know what that is. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think you got a sudo before you do that. If you're doing it from the terminal, what John is doing is yeah. giving Pete the instructions for resetting his spotlight database uh, by erasing it and then forcing the machine to rebuild it. You can also do that with um, a third party utility like Onyx. Yeah. It, it just, you know, if, you, if you're not comfortable yeah. with the terminal, but yeah, MD util space dash capital E, I believe, right, yeah. John? Pre- preceded by you, 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 you translated it for me. <laughs> there you go. I'm so glad. Hey, you know, it's what we do. All right. So, uh, so let's follow up with a couple of these things just to, to wrap up some tips that we had. We talked about um, listener Stephen. I think it was about uh, two shows ago. Uh, he had every time he launched Safari, it would play music. And we told him how to change his homepage. And he actually wrote back and said, I tried that, but uh, but it didn't work. That wasn't the problem. Well, it turns out he dug further and found that by resetting his top sites, uh, that did it. So there must have been something that was simply an audio file uh, that the Mac, for whatever reason, had decided was a top site of his. And it kept loading. It must load preload all the stuff in your top sites in the background every time you launch Safari. And that included this thing that then played audio. So he reset uh. his. Yep. He reset his top sites, I believe. Uh, now I got to. Uh, I think it's in. Well, maybe he he might have told us how he did this. Uh, he said, I chose history, uh, and had a choice of clearing the history, which I did. I then noticed a checkbox for clearing top sites as well. I checked that and cleared them both. When I went back into Safari, no more music. So that's, uh, that's a handy little thing that top sites actually preloads everything. So if you've got some funny behavior, try clearing out top sites. That's a, that's a good tip, Steven. Thank you for, thank you for saying, for sending us that. All right. Um, Another one from Scott. In fact, we have two tips from two different Scots, but they're both good tips. He says, uh, I'm catching up with all my podcasts and just finished Mac Geek Up 403. You had a listener recommend AirPrint Activator to uh, be able to print from his iOS device. I have not used this because I use Printopia, which is from Ecamm with two M's dot com. Uh, the really cool feature of this is that you can have the Mac capture. Uh, Printopia runs on your Mac and and connects your iOS devices to your printers. Uh, He says the really cool feature of this is that you can have the Mac capture the print, what you're going to print and save it as a PDF. This came in handy before my vacation. 
My family was planning a trip to Alcatraz and my research showed that the trips sell out fast. So I pre-purchased the tickets on the web and the website would only allow me to print the web page with the tickets. I was not even able to use the max print dialogue to choose save as PDF. It was disabled. This is the first time this ever happened to me. Well, using Printopia as my printer, I, I was able to print directly to a PDF file. I put this file in my Dropbox folder in order to have the tickets with me wherever I was while I was traveling in case I needed them. So that's a, that's a, I, I love when we find cool little uses for, oh, yeah. for software like that. Good stuff, huh, John? Oh, no. I don't oh, like it. When, okay. oh, I'm here. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I'm just pondering the issue here because I've, I've actually had some dabblings with some uh, print services, mostly for like coupons and stuff where yeah. actually the, what I've run into is with um, Mountain Lion. Actually, some of them, actually, I ran into one thing, Dave, you may have run into this, uh, Crash Plan. After installing it, it's like, eh, I don't work anymore. I'm like, yeah, because uh, you need Java. Right. And as soon as, and I think what I did is I clicked it in the menu bar and then clicked on one of the icons and it said, hey, you don't have JBM, blah, 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 blah. That was true, of, I knew. That was Man, true of Lion, Java too. Virtual. Yeah. But it runs gets right, it for you. So, what, yeah, yeah, so what they it. did, yeah. so what well, kind of bothers me because I intentionally installed it under the prior OS so I could use this backup service. And then all of a sudden it rips the guts out of it when I upgrade. And when I try to run it, it's all confused. Now, the other thing is that the, the, the uh, crash plan itself didn't say, oh, by the way, I think I've been upgraded and there is no virtual machine. It's just once I pick something in the menu for it from the menu bar, it's like, oh, there's no JVM. You want me to install that? <laughs> So is that, that that was probably the most disconcerting part of upgrading to a uh, mountain lion. Yeah, that's the yeah. crash plan just didn't didn't quite get it. Yeah. Or it confused me. I, I was like, "Huh? Why are you working?" Oh, cuz this is missing and you didn't tell me. Right. Right, right. right. Yeah, good point. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh I think that gets us through everything oh True. paul paul uh paul actually has a, a cool stuff found which is all about mountain lions so it's timely a timely way to wrap up our, our our show here paul writes i recently found out my 2010 macbook pro was not listed as supporting the new air mirroring feature in mountain lion and i suppose like many others i had a fish shake at apple for this uh, a little google foo turned up a program called air parrot air parrot essentially which is at airparrot.com AirParrot essentially allows those Macs which aren't listed as supporting error mirroring to be able to do so. Uh, according to my research, the reason for many Macs not supporting this feature is graphics related. During my testing, I've rarely seen AirParrot consume more than 20% of CPU resources while mirroring at 1080p to my current Apple TV. So thanks, Paul. That's uh, yeah. AirParrot.com. I don't believe it's free. Uh, and I'm looking that up for you now. Purchase. Well, there is an option to purchase. Um, I always like to talk about this. There it is. $9.99 for a single user, or you can get a five-seat license for 30 bucks. So, airparrot.com. Thanks, Paul. That's good stuff. And yeah, that's right. Um, Lion Mountain Lion now does include, for some Macs, native uh, uh, airplay mirroring. So, yeah. What? That's good. That's cool. What is oh, this? Yeah. Oh, oh I can't big. use that. You can't yes. use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but if you've got an Apple TV, you can just mirror wirelessly, just like you can with your oh. iPhone 4S and your yeah. iPad 2 or later. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I don't have any of those. I know. Well, you know, 
<laughs> you said you wanted to throw Apple some extra money before. There we'll keep, keep it flowing. I'm struggling and you'll have company in Cupertino. They could use your support. Yeah, that's right. They only added, you know, $8.8 billion to their uh, cash hoard. So, I mean. That's done. it? <laughs> done. Oh, I got to yeah. help. They're dying out there, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Tim. Yeah, Tim's million dollar a day salary. You know they gotta they gotta fund that somehow, John. They're gonna need your help. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we need we need you on the bandwagon, my friend. And the telethon is ending its hour. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I would say um, to to wrap up at least currently. Of course, I may feel differently two weeks from now after I've had the chance to upgrade all of my machines, or all that I will do uh, at least initially. And we've heard more and more from you and all of that. But currently, I feel like upgrading to Mountain Lion is a good thing. Uh, I do need to upgrade a Core 2 Duo Mac, and I'm going to do it so that I can test to see if that funky little goes into La La Land and you need to reset it with the volume key thing still happens in Mountain Lion. Uh, I have not I've not heard from anyone about this, but uh, but I want to test it on my own. So. All I know, Dave, is I think I may want to consider upgrading my Mac Mini, which, as you know, is now on... What is it on? Are you still on Snow oh. Leopard with that? Snow Leopard. Yeah. So I may want to upgrade that to Lion. Yeah. You know what I realized in the course of this show is I never uh, turned off File Vault. I upgraded with File Vault. I, I did. I it did worked, too. Worked fine. Yep. So yeah, Tot- yeah as though it never, were not an issue. Yeah, never even crossed my mind. So yep. that works cool. And in the chat room, we have Scott, who's stuck in the last uh, century, <laughs> who says he needs some uh, power setup. PC drivers. Yeah. Oh, come on, Scott. This <laughs> uh, <laughs> is funny to hear John. Uh, yeah, telling guys so- to yeah, telling guys to catch upgrade. up. <laughs> That's um, well. On the other hand, I appreciate him for having legacy hardware. There you go. That needs old power PC drivers. But, yeah, yeah. But I would, I would do the upgrade. And you know, um, whether whether you know, I know we said before. Here, you know, here's our advice, and then we quickly said we didn't follow it. Um, I, I think I, I would still hold true, at least currently, to cloning and and doing it the right way. But. Uh, but give us a couple of weeks. We might change that. We'll see how we'll see how smoothly it goes for everyone. The, the big problem, of course, and the reason I'm gun shy, and I think you too, John, is is the whole mess that was Snow Leopard to Lions. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. But that was a that was a big change. There was a lot of fundamental stuff that changed there. You know, the whole. I, I don't think I thing. had. Uh, for me, in most part, it wasn't data problems. It was hmm. certain apps just right. didn't work right or more disastrous for the most part when I've run into it is if you have a piece of hardware that doesn't have the driver that works with your brand spanking new OS yeah. you're you're in trouble yeah. yeah and people that upgraded had problems if you did an erase and install it was you were fine, fine. yeah, yeah. All right, feedback at macgeekgab.com is the place where you can email us. And, of course, if you are a premium supporter, premium at macgeekgab.com is reserved for you. Dave, I didn't quite hear you. Now, I, I, I thought the first thing you said was feedback at macgeekgab.com, but then I thought you also said premium. I did. I said at premium at macgeekgab.com. Just want to make sure. And feedback at MacGeekGab.com. You can call us. Uh, you can send audio comments to us via uh, via those addresses. And, Shut uh, up. Oh, yeah. But if you would rather call and leave us a voicemail, you can do that. And it's 206-666-GEEK, which somebody is. 
four. Three hundred thirty-five. That's what I hear. MacGeekUp.com is where the show notes will magically appear at some future date. And uh-huh. <laughs> it's always in the future. Yes, that's right. right. Now with dictation, John, see how much easier it is for you to take those notes. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or not. Yeah. Uh, you can Skype us to MacGeekGab. And then you can find us on Twitter. The show is MacGeekGab. Him over there, he's John F. Braun. The guy sitting next to me is Pilot Pete. I'm Dave Hamilton. You can find all of the TMO headlines over there at Mac Observer, all on Twitter.com slash and Facebook. Tell them about Facebook, John. If you went to Facebook and you went to Facebook.com slash Mac Ecab, you'd be shocked because we have a page there. Okay. You can like it. You can make comments. Uh, I think you can do whatever Facebook people do there. So that's what you can do. All right. Uh, And then, of course, you can join us. Uh, We're going to try and stick with our Sunday night. Uh, We meet at about 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. The stream and pre-show goes live somewhere around quarter to nine. And then right about nine o'clock is when we start recording the show. So uh, so and you can hear us do it live. Uh, at macgeekab.com slash stream and there's a chat room there that you can use. Now we got to figure what was going well. on there, man, because we saw yeah, a couple of hiccups there where... It, oh, I, you did? Yeah, it was just that we had too many computers at my house uh, on oh. online at the same time and it was just... Oh, they, tele- were, they were dogpiling on the uh, IP for the... Oh, right. they, they were just having a problem with my IP. That's all. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. We'd like to thank Michael Johnston for converting the show to AAC Enhanced for us. Uh, we'd like to thank Cashfly.com for all the bandwidth. Podcast Marketplace includes BB Edit from Barebone Software, Gazelle.com to sell all of your old, used Apple and Mac stuff, and Text Expander from Smile. Pump your backbeat media. Folks, that'll do it for us this week. We will be back next week with show 411 with all the info you need. Between now and then, have fun. Don't get caught. Made up.